in my current relationship, there, there is that safe space to, to discuss money. Why, thank you. <laughs> to, to be open about it and transparent about what and how much we can afford. The willingness and the interest to alternate on paying for dates exists. And that really helps in easing the financial strain and I believe makes dating more fun. Does that make me disregard the relationship with a partner who did not see it in that light? No, not at all. Not a chance. Most importantly for me, I feel as though it was a, it was a learning experience. In hindsight, I got to understand that if someone does not believe in doing something, you cannot go out of your way to try and change that because you're just going to fail this money in the process. In a world that is continuously affected by macroeconomic issues, technological development, and the ever-changing financial landscape, you and I are required to make difficult decisions on how to effectively save, invest, and spend. On this podcast, we simplify the art of saving and investing so that you are in better control of your money. I am your host, Leaho Babo, a finance aficionado and a lover of all things investment. Welcome to Finance Matters with Leaho. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Finance Matters with Leaho. Today's podcast topic is probably the most refreshing yet uncomfortable chat that a lot of us avoid. I'm excited to dig deep into it because I believe that it is such a crucially important aspect in a relationship. The amazing part of it all is that I am joined by my girlfriend to unpack it in conversation. Allow me to welcome my amazing girlfriend, Zintle, on today's podcast as we are about to discuss money and romantic relationships. Welcome to the show, Zintle. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Hi, Leaho. Um, thank you for having me and for opening your platform to me. And hello to your listeners. I'm really excited, as much as you are, to unpack the topic and, yeah, explore what it's like to, to deal with money in relationships. So we will be tackling different aspects of money in romantic relationships. So please grab a drink, sit back and enjoy what is about to be an interesting conversation between two people who have been romantically involved for almost a year now. And let's be honest, when it comes to dating, many of us find ourselves on a pursuit to find the right person, whether it is personal appearance, interests, values, or emotional intelligence. Eventually, when you find that person, everything feels right and you are head over heels. As time goes on, while you draw closer to one another, you start envisioning yourself building a life with that person. Often, during the entire process, it is so easy to dismiss one crucial component. And that is money. Whether we like it or not, finances play a big role in the success of any romantic relationship. And the reality is that your partner's financial situation will always affect you. To start the conversation, we are going to chat about if it is important to communicate about your financial situation from the beginning. What are, what are some of your thoughts on this one? I would like to go after you. Um, 
So I think the most important thing about being in a relationship, perhaps I should give your listeners a little bit of context about like my history in terms of it. But I come from a place where in my previous relationships, um, we had the money conversation, but it was never really taken seriously. Um, there was lots of room to make both parties feel inadequate in the process because it's acknowledging the fact that relationships do cost money. Um, if you want to go out and spend time together and create memories, you can't always do it for free. There are times when money will have to be a thing. So coming into this relationship, I was pretty much aware of the importance of discussing something like money, the importance of being open about where you are financially, what's on your plate at the moment, what you've been spending your money on became a very crucial thing for me. So I think it's, it's, it's very important as you grow older, you realize the importance that it's important to be aligned with someone who has the same kind of financial goals that you have, for someone to know what they're getting themselves into when they get into a relationship with you. And this is only, we're not saying that this should be done on the first date. <laughs> we're just simply saying that like as a relationship builds and progresses, it's a conversation that can't be shied away from. Got it. I, I think I'll, I'm also going to just echo your, your sentiments. I, I share the same thoughts. I, I believe that being transparent about your financial situation from the early stages of getting into getting to know someone can be incredibly daunting because you never quite know if you are going to scare the person off or if they are going to be understanding of where you, of where you stand, especially in the current uh, time that we live in. Relationships have become somewhat transactional because people tend to draw closer to people who are able to fend for themselves and will seldom feel like a financial burden at any point of the relationship. And I feel as though we all like comfort and convenience, but they both come at a cost. The extent to which, to, to which how much of that comfort and convenience is expected by your partner will ultimately be determined by whether he or she knows about your financial situation and respects it enough to understand. I think yeah. that, I think that by, by disclosing your financial situation, your financial capability in the early stages of the relationship, you're going to save yourself and your partner from setting unrealistic expectations of what you are able to do for one another. There are, in the end, no disappointments because you are, you are well aware of how much this person affords and what they can and cannot do. And no, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean that you have to exchange your bank card pins or go view each other's account balances. No, not at all. I'm just referring to the, the basics, such as disclosing the financial situation at home, what that is like, what are some of your financial com commitments on a monthly basis, any historical debt that you're trying to clear, and um, budgeting habits and the like. Of course, we have to admit that no one is perfect and we all manage our financial matters differently from one another, but this will assist in having an overview of, of what you're getting yourself into should, should the relationship develop any further. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And uh, just we, before we proceed to, to, to the next sec, uh, segment of the, the topic, if I can, uh, so I put up two pop-up questions that I want to throw at you. You're also welcome to throw any. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll be as uh, honest as I possibly can. Uh, but just from my side, um, my first one is, 
how comfortable are you with discussing your financial situation to someone you have just started dating? Just started dating, I won't lie. Um, I wouldn't be very comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's a very daunting conversation to have with someone that you just met because not only are you trying to court this person, you're trying to get them, get, get to know them a little bit more, you know, it's still very young and you, and you, you still want to have like some kind of mystery about, about who you are and for the person not to know everything about you. So just met, it would be daunting. Mm -hmm. um, it would be difficult. But I think it's worth throwing it in here and there. Um, maybe when you start going out on dates more regularly, you can start bringing up the conversation of how do we split the bill? Um, when we go out a little bit more, how do we, you know, help each other carry the load? Um, introducing it subtly before you you take on like the full on let's chat about this and get into it and dive deep into it so uh, i i get that for anyone it would be daunting for me myself even in this relationship it wasn't a very easy uh, topic to approach but i knew that it needed to be done for me from the onset you'll know from the jump <laughs> but <laughs> no i'm not saying that um i'll be explicit about it no not at all i'm just going to communicate maybe rather about the part of my life where i'm at right yeah so for example um when you and I met, I was doing my honors year. Yeah. And Nekizula, man, you understand? Like, <laughs> I was unemployed, but the ambition has always been there, you know? So so you knew exactly where I was in my life. Um, th that gave you a, a, a glimpse uh, into, like, what my financial muscle is at the time. I'm unemployed, I'm, I'm at home, and I'm trying to get my podcast off the ground. At the time, I didn't even have equipment. I was recording <laughs> with my iPhone 5, you know? But... So the little things like that should sort of like give you an indication or feel as though, okay, this is where this person is and this is maybe what I can um, sort of like require or a thing that they should be able to do. So for me, it's about just about you knowing the point in my life where I'm at and it should give you an indication of, of what I can and cannot do. And I'll always openly talk about uh, whether opportunities are presented to me, whether I'm struggling, you know, I think I've 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 never really struggled about this that aspect of of transparency. Yeah, that's interesting feedback. Um, I do appreciate that, and I, I think that I can definitely echo your sentiments in terms of you being very open about your finances. Um, and I think that also opens room for your partner to be comfortable with the conversation. Uh, I think in relationships, while we're busy chasing each other, really in the beginning, in the early stages, we kind of see our partners as being perfect. Um, we see them as having no faults. You know, they have lots of money if they take you out on a date. But I think bringing in the conversation of of finances into the relationship allows you to kind of tap into the idea that they're human. They have commitments. Um, they make mistakes with money. They have debt, just like us. And you find like common ground in which you guys can relate to each other. So while I was uncomfortable with the conversation in the beginning, and it might sound like I'm contradicting myself from my first statement, um, I think if someone is open and willing to talk about it, 
you can definitely like take it from there from like you can take that conversation from there and see how your relationship will actually like blossom in that in that area mm. and just my follow-up question is that have have you been dishonest about your financial situation in any of your relationships if so why well i wouldn't say dishonest um i would rather describe it as not having disclosed everything that was on my plate at the time so i know when when we first started dating you told me about how where you were financially that you had um a scholarship and funding you know but i on the other hand at the end didn't have that luxury you know i had to help my parents cover some costs for school and i had to take out a credit card because i needed to pay off some school debt so i could get my results etc and in my previous relationships i didn't necessarily disclose that because i didn't feel like it was necessary um I didn't feel like the person had to know that I had to pay because I'd also you also don't want to there's a part of you that kind of doesn't want to disclose things that also stress you out so you kind of just like oh I don't really have to say all of that it doesn't really matter so dishonesty no I don't think I was dishonest because it's not like the person asked and I said no it doesn't exist I just didn't disclose it to the person um but why the reason why is is purely because you just feel like oh, it's not that important um and perhaps it was just the nature of the relationship at that time mm-hmm. for me <laughs> i'll say this again i always just tell it like it is man rather you walk away knowing the truth yeah you know than me trying to uh put up a front about what i can and what i cannot do you understand so in my previous relationships, same as now, always just been open about where I stand, what I can do, what I afford, and look if 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 it didn't, if it doesn't, uh, let's say hypothetically speaking, if it doesn't work out and you you feel as though it's not something that you can put up with, then you always you always have that room to to leave, but in the same uh, length, you always also have the room to to chat about it and 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 ask what I'm actively navigating, yeah. what I'm doing to change my situation. And we can always have that conversation as well, you know? And um, just uh, next in line, if, if we can just question whether, whether it's important to have a joint savings account. So that would be for, for travel, for leisure, and gifts. I'll go first here. I I think I think starting a joint savings account with your partner can be very helpful. Months differ and unforeseen circumstances will always arise, right? And a joint a joint savings account does not always need to be for emergencies. Uh, sometimes people like solely use a joint savings account for emergencies so that they always have um, spare cash that they've parked to to cover things that they hadn't anticipated. But you can really use it as your piggy bank for traveling together buying each other gifts for birthdays or even go as far as covering the bill on date nights if if both of you are low on funds at the time and it takes it takes trust honesty and commitment a lot of it for for you and your partner to agree to start a joint savings account you both need to be on board 
and clearly understand why you are making the decision and how savings how saving together would assist you collectively in your personal capacity now i know you're probably wondering what the dynamics of this arrangement are whether it is a 50 50 setup in terms of contribution to the account and what happens if you and your partner do not have a similar earning capacity well there's honestly no formula to it you you just need to agree on what you both afford to chip in on a monthly basis and commit to the goal at hand if if you miss some of the months because you are genuinely tied up or cash strapped that's okay remember transparency and honesty are the foundation of the entire arrangement we are currently trying it out and we've, we've made significant progress some months are terribly harder than the others but we have not been too hard on ourselves the, the main part of it all was really to start and i am elated that we have taken that step what's what's your take Zintia? would you would you suggest a joint savings account to others even if you had not attempted it having won yourself please please walk us through your thought process definitely so i would definitely recommend a joint savings account um for like just just to touch on myself and my reasons why is i'm terrible at saving <laughs> i i don't like saving i don't enjoy it even if i don't enjoy it i always find like there's a little something there's always a loophole in my savings where i feel like mm, maybe i can take a little bit of money and then a little bit turns into a lot um so i'm not very diligent with it so I think I've been incredibly blessed to have a partner who's diligent with saving and who's good at it because um, it helps not only me to stick to the plan and to stick to the goal and the end goal and to know that you should always have money for a rainy day and there should always be something waiting, somewhere chilling, just an emergency kind of fun, fund. But... I, I think it's very important in a relationship. It's not an easy conversation to have in terms of transparency because, I mean, we're not, we're not oblivious to the fact that they, we, you can come across someone who will say, let's open a joint savings account and then the money disappears and so does the person. So it's not a conversation that you can have with a person like two days into a relationship. It, it takes some time getting there. I mean, we're a year into an hour relationship and it took us some time to get into it and to get into the flow of saving money that kind of way. Um, but I think it's very important. It's it's incredibly crucial to to both have a goal, whether it's for traveling, whether it's for buying something for yourselves or gifts, as you had mentioned. I think it's it's important to know that you're both working towards that. And I think it also introduces the essence of responsibility yeah, that you yeah. can both build a household and you're able to put away money um, that one day can contribute to your future, your wedding, your home, your children's futures. And, and it's starting it while you're still, it's getting into that habit while you're still very young in your relationship. So yeah, I definitely recommend a joint savings account. And just out of interest, I would really like to know um, when when I proposed the idea to you, how how did that come across? How did that make you feel? Did it make you feel as though um, 
I'm rushing the process or did you feel any pressure when I when I came up with the idea because I I thought about it for a while uh but I just needed the right manner and time to to articulate the thought process behind it and how it can be beneficial for the both of us but how how did that make you feel No I didn't feel under pressure at all um I instead was like oh he trusts me with his money <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I didn't feel under pressure at all. I think it's also something I aspired to. So when it came up in conversation, it was probably something I was thinking about at the back of my mind. And I was like, okay, how do I approach it? And when you did say it, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't have to do all the hard work and effort, you know. Um, but no, some days we will we have our arguments where we're like, no, you're putting too much pressure on me for this account. I don't want to do it this month, you know. But I think that's the essence of being in a relationship is that there's always going to be someone who's pushing you to do something you're uncomfortable doing. Um something yeah, that you yeah. don't want to do in that time where yeah. you're just like, "No, I want to keep this money however much it is because I want to check out my Shein cards or whatever." And we kind of forget the things that the responsibilities that we have with our partners. And even though there are days and times where we just like not seeing eye to eye about it, I, it's incredibly important and it's incredibly important to hold your partner accountable yeah so if you agree and say that every three months on the like every two months on the second month we're going to put away this much amount of money your partner you in the relationship you both have some sort of accountability to that because you agreed upon it and and that's that's truly how how we we build and we grow into each other's finances and grow to understand that our partners are essentially the people that we rely on for our accountability to an end goal. Mm-hmm. No, um very true and I just think uh if we can maybe briefly just touch on like another part that I think is really worth discussing um communication about any any historical debt or uncontrollable spending habits. So if if you are aware of any debt that you're partners attempting to settle maybe maybe it is a student loan car finance or credit card you become you become more considerate and understanding of their monetary commitments that being said you you also need to be open with your partner about any debt that you have hinging over you and uncontrollable spending habits are are real as well and one of the ways to manage them is by first acknowledging that there is an issue here. Look, it's it's okay to clear your shin card or pop bottles, but it should never come at a cost of your survival. By that I mean, is your partner rent paid up? Do you have enough food to sustain you? Is there petrol for you to travel? The life essentials should always be covered first, then the leisure part can follow. I hope I hope that's making sense. Definitely, yeah. Um so historical debt for me uh, uh, is this my time to answer the question? <laughs> that's, that's your two cents. <laughs> um, so historical debt for me has has kind of been a problem. So I don't identify as someone who has terrible spending habits, but I do identify as someone who likes to spoil themselves a little too much sometimes. Um, uh, and I think, okay, just touching on the topic of historical debt, right? So this is something I openly disclosed to you from the beginning that, okay, dude, 
this is what happened in my life and it resulted in me having to take out a credit card to pay off my school loans and I bought a car and I bought a car at a time and I couldn't really afford it so you know I fell behind in certain things so there, there were like things that came into play that made me get to a place where financially I'm not doing very well you know but I managed to and I also expressed that I managed to work it back and I got a good job or I got a job that pays me a little bit more than my previous job and I was able to like you know fill the gaps here and there yeah. and and close off some of the stuff that was really looming and stressing me out so in communicating that I think it was or is very important because you know that on a monthly basis that even if I get this much this much amount of money there's going to be a credit card. There's going to be, um, there's going to be financially a family responsibilities. I have to pay my car. I have to pay insurance and that and everything else in between. So all those kind of expenses come into play, and it's not something you're a stranger to. So if I tell you that, whoa, my credit card kind of closed off high this month, and I'm paying more than I should or more than I usually pay, it's not a surprise to you. Now, already you know that this is something that you initially communicated. Yes. Yeah. You can never say, oh, but I didn't know you had a credit card because you know you knew it or i didn't know you had a bond or a loan or whatever else is like plaguing over one's finances but yeah i think it's incredibly important to talk about it to be able to say yo these are the debit orders that keep me up at night the near the day before payday these are the things where i'm just like oh my gosh that make me dread getting money in my account and now <laughs> Alternating on pick up, picking up the bill on date nights. Leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Why me? Um, okay. So I think you're not a stranger to the fact that I do not like spending money of my own. Um, I think this goes for a lot of women in South Africa. We don't like spending money on anything. So if we can cut a corner and not spend on it, we would take it like we would take the opportunity in a heartbeat. But being in a relationship, when you get into a relationship, um, it's being you, you, you entering a place of selflessness, right? Yeah. A place where you it's not an expectation of from you to always pay for the date. But just it's courtesy. Um, your fun, your partner has as many financial responsibilities as you. Correct. While we're not strangers to the fact that there's a gender pay gap in South Africa, men earn more than women. We're not completely disregarding that. But what I what I'm trying to get at is the fact that as much as your partner makes you happy by paying the bill. There's a part of you that will always want to make your partner happy by paying the bill on that one particular day. Um, so I definitely do believe in the theory or do believe in the, in the notion of let's split the bill. Like, I'll, I'll pick this one up. It's fine. You can take a break this one time. You're putting me on blast now. People think, hey, they're always splitting the bill. No, not always. <laughs> we don't split the bill. We don't split the bill. And that, I think, is the most important thing. We don't split it. No. Just that 
on one date, one person will carry the entire cost. And another date, another person will carry that entire cost. And I think when we do split it, it's, it's usually you who pays more and I'll pay the tip, <laughs> which, which is a lot of money, okay? That's a lot of money, okay? <laughs> or you pay the parking ticket. <laughs> or the parking ticket, yes. You can pay the parking ticket. Or, I don't know, the, the parking attendant as well. That's a lot of money, you know? But... I think it's very important to to be able to give your partner a break um, and and just let them know that, okay, as much as you're carrying everything else this one time, I'll I'll hold the fort here. Because that's that's essentially what being in a relationship is about, being able to hold the fort and hold room for your partner when they least expect it. So it shouldn't be something that's like, oh, okay, um, in May, it's my turn. In June, it's your turn. You know, when they least expect it, I mean, I try. Mm, mm, mm. So I think, I think here, you, you first need to establish how your partner feels about covering the bill after a night out. Relationship dynamics differ, right? And you may find that there are some people who genuinely want, who don't want to cover scent for, for dates. Yeah. Even yeah. if they initiated it. While you get some others who are willing to alternate carrying the costs of lunch or, or dinner dates. And that's all right. I, I probably sound like I'm a little too passionate about, too, about this part of the podcast. But it is actually quite close to home because I, I have been in a relationship in which discussing finances was an absolute taboo. It was off limits. And... I paid for most of the things that we did by default. Not everything, but most of it. And just just imagine that as a student with a small anniversary stipend, dating another student who just happened, who, who perhaps maybe, it's in the soft skills, I believe, right? So maybe at the time they were just not considerate enough to, to understand that we are both navigating our varsity lives different uh, and learning how to get a firm grip on our finances. Or it could have possibly just been me. Perhaps the reciprocation aspect was not there towards me, but they were willing to, maybe they might be in a relationship with someone else and they are now willing to extend themselves financially. Yeah. And, and, and that's cool. Mm, I think you, should, you shouldn't even take things like that personal. Um, it's not you. In that moment, I think we see this a lot on Twitter, how people will be like, um, when he wants to, he will kind of thing. Or when she wants to, she will. Indoda must. <laughs> and I think that like, we kind of put ourselves in a place where if someone doesn't spare us that kind of financial splurging, then we feel inadequate. So we feel like, no, but how come this person didn't do this for me? It's not about you in that moment or i'd like to think that in we need to be more kinder to ourselves about the way people spend money on us if a person chooses not to spend money on you it's not a reflection of who you are or what you've done what you haven't done before i just simply think that we 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 need to just be we experience people differently correct and and even in their finances, we experience them differently. So we can't really dictate how people spend money, especially on us. 
Yeah, true. And I mean, whereas just getting back to 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 what I was saying, um, whereas in my current relationship, there there is that safe space to to discuss money. Why? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to to be open about it and transparent about what and how much we can afford the willingness and the interest to alternate on paying for dates exists and that really helps in easing the financial strain and i believe makes dating more fun does that make me disregard the relationship with a partner who did not see it in that light no not at all not a chance most importantly for me i feel as though it was a it was a learning experience in hindsight, I got to understand that if someone does not believe in doing something, you cannot go out of your way to try and change that because you're just going to fail this many in the process. I am personally an advocate for pampering a person and one of the ways this to display compassion towards one another is by reciprocity. So numbers out of it, no numbers or calculating who spends more, but genuinely reciprocating without keeping score. I think that's a very important uh, that That is very important in a relationship setting. And if we can just get to, so just another factor, um, another, uh, something that I'd like us to touch on is the impact of personal spending on the relationship. That's, that, that's, that's, I think, I think reckless spending, reckless expenditure from either you or your partner will directly, it will always directly affect your relationship and i'll i'll tell you why if if you are wasteful with money for instance there is a great possibility that you will have limited cash remaining to spend on recreational activities with your partner right and i'm talking about the simple things lunch dates picnics or even traveling to somewhere local Think about it. Dating is pretty much more fun when you have money to spend on creating experiences and memories together. And as you do so, budgeting becomes an integral part of it because it gives you a sense of control over your finances. How do you see this one? So in terms of like touching on the topic of personal finances and and how you spend your money. Um, when you're single, you don't have anyone monitoring your money. Not that when you're in a relationship, you do. But when you're single, you can do whatever you like with your money. Whether it's going to rockets and buying 10 bottles of Hennessy. Whether it's not doing anything with your money for that month. You can decide whatever you want to do. Just a side note there before you go further. Your rocket experience and mine are completely different if we're single. Carry on. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> but you can you can do whatever you like with your money. But as soon as you get into a relationship, um, you kind of have to start being mindful of the fact that there's someone else in the picture. And, I mean, you can do whatever you like with your money. But if you're going to spend... If you, if you and your partner discuss going out on a holiday, for example, and you're going to spend all your money in the month and you're not considerate of the fact that you have a holiday coming up or anything like that, you're not really being considerate to the fact that you have, 
you're in a relationship and in a partnership with someone. So your personal finance, your personal spending habits do change. Um, it doesn't have to be drastic, but you start to think, okay, should I check out my superfluous cost cost this month, or should I save this money for my holiday? You know, you kind of start to have different things coming into play, and your money is not. I don't want to say it's not for you to spend, but you become mindful with how you spend it. Um, reckless spending habits. I don't believe I've ever had any reckless spending habits. I'd like to think that I do like to spoil myself, but I wouldn't call it recklessly. Like it's not at the cost of like my car installment. My car installment will always go off. There are things that are, I'm very certain will always, my debit orders will always run through. Um, but there are certain things that I might in the month think, Hmm, let me take a little bit of money from my petrol money and spend it on these this really cute pair of shoes you know um but it's important i think going into the relationship before just to reveal i kind of like sat down and and like i was certain about what i wanted in a relationship and one of the things i did not want was someone who couldn't spend money properly like someone who's going to go gambling or going to go out with friends or i don't know spend it on weed and drugs and whatever else i was very certain and alcohol i was very certain that i didn't want to be in a relationship like that not only because i've experienced it before um in my past relationships where you've had someone who is willing to spend their last 500 rand on a banky of weed i didn't want that anymore you know so um, I think that's, it's, it's important to, to be able to be aligned to someone whose personal spending habits are aligned to yours and that you're not with someone who, who compromises on the little things in the relationship. I think if I can touch on, um, I, I remember when you, I think you mentioned superbalist or your shin card there. <laughs> the, the, I remember you were buying... What was happening? I think you were getting a pair of boots, right? And we had opposing thoughts as to how you should pay for these. Guys, prior to that, Net, I did not know a single thing about Payflex, right? Um, pers personally, I'm not a... I don't like paying installments and stuff like that and i remember we had a i wouldn't call it like a disagreement but we we didn't see things the same because i was proposing that do just pay this thing once off and it's off your plate and she did not want that she wanted to pay it like what is that five five monthly payments no four in my defense the boots were expensive so it was not easy to take out the full lump sum of the boots. I mean, we should disclose the price of the boots first because they cost, at the time, I think they were like 1.5. Remember, this is, this is now when you, you, you save and you just buy everything once off. But they were going to run out. They were going, I was never going to find a size on, on Superbulist. I wasn't going to be able to find them. Which is something like you see, there's this. <laughs> I feel like these are the differences that men and women have. I mean, men are able to save for something and say, okay, if I can't get it now, then that's it. I'm gonna get it later. But as a woman, 
I wanted it in that moment and I was like, if I don't get these shoes now, I know I'm never going to find them, you know, and they were an expensive buy. Um, I mean, I found it worth it to have the payments split across four different payments. Um, and you didn't, which is something we learned about each other. I think it was a, a learning experience for both of us to say that, okay, next time, we're never doing this again. And if the money is not there to pay, to pay the full 1500 then that's it. Like, we're not getting it. I think, I think the psychology differences here is quite interesting because look how you are comfortable with paying it in for uh, monthly payments. Whereas that ticked me off because I was thinking, geez, you're going to have payments four times come off your account. For me, I'm uh, like, well, in economics terms, it's like, I don't want to say price sensitive, right? But I just want to get this thing off the plate. So from the jump, 1.5, let it go off. And then it's done. You understand? Whereas with you, your sentiments were different. You, you didn't want to see the whole amount go off. But at the same time, granted, you also didn't have um, the cash to pay it off like altogether. Yes. You know, but... If you did, would you still go that route? That's probably. How interesting is that, right? That even if the funds are available, um, in her head, it feels much better to see it go off in like what three hundred bucks every month. Because I don't <laughs> feel as bad. <laughs> it doesn't. It may. I think it's a psychological thing, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like oh my gosh, I just made a purchase for like. Like boots do i really need them i don't feel bad about the purchase i don't feel like did i really need it did i really deserve to buy these boots what is the reason for them um maybe i shouldn't have maybe i should take them back and get my 1500 and use that to pay off something else you know but if it goes off in t small tiny monies it doesn't it feels like money i would spend every day um i would spend doing something really frivolous maybe so i think it's it's more a psychological thing as opposed to a spending thing yeah it is psychological definitely psychological for me let it go off once and then it's done and i'm never going to see it again in my bank statement but if it keeps on bothering me even if it's just bits and pieces of money it's it's still going to bother me rather it just goes once off but yeah i think i think the psychology here is very interesting and if we can get to disclosure of earning capacity mm. should your partner have any idea of what your salary range is it's up to you this is one that's purely up to you um so i think that not the exact figure so you don't want your partner to know that you're earning uh, 35,000 rand on the dot. You know, if you're, if you're nervous of disclosing the exact figure, I think giving them a salary range is, is important. Well, not important, but is, is okay. It's acceptable. Um, not a very wide salary range. You can't tell your partner that you're earning between 15 and 45,000 because <laughs> where, where exactly do you lie? But I think telling your partner that you earn between... I don't know, 17 and 21,000 kind of gives them an idea that, okay, this person is between this range. Um, it also gives you an idea to what your partner can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. uh, not for you to necessarily be entitled to what they can and cannot do or, or to their money, but just an idea for you to kind of know, okay, this is where they are. This is where they stand. Um, and, 
this is what is available to them. Mm. I, I, I think it depends, right? I Let's think, hear it. <laughs> I think it depends here whether the partner should know what your salary range is. There, there are multiple ways to get around it for people who do not feel comfortable with disclosing their earning capacity. So, instead of your partner knowing how much you approximately earn, you can just share with them your month-to-month expenses. This is not quite a clear indication of earning capacity, but it, it really provides a, a slight understanding of how much you are parting with using what you do earn. For the brothers and the sisters who are, comf- who are most comfortable with communicating about their earning capacity, you can either tell them how much you make per annum and let him and him or her do the math, or you can just provide a range. <laughs> I would say a wide one to keep them guessing if you wish. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. So if they ask, 30 to 50. No. <laughs> That's not how it works. I do have a question for you just based on that. How do you feel as a man? Um, how do you feel about your partner earning more than you? It's going to push me to graft. <laughs> no, uh, okay. On the real though, um, it really would um, push me to strive for more, Right. Not because um, you're making more than me, but it shows me that it is possible. More than anything, I would be happy for you that you are making that much. I feel as though it's, it's needed in a, in a relationship setting. It's, it's for, for, for women to make money, not for women to make more, more money than the, than the man. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm applying that. We need more opportunities afforded to women. We need our female counterparties to make more income. So I think it's something worth celebrating uh, that a woman is paid more and they are comfortable, you know. But for me, how that would make me feel, yo, that, that would push me to graft, to, to really push to get more, to, to have multiple streams. Um, if we ever find ourselves <laughs> <laughs> in the relationship, at, the po- at that point of our relationship, where, where you are netting more than I do, bro, come, come here. Let's, <laughs> it's good. Like, it's, it's not going to put me off. It's not going to make me feel insecure. Like, thanks for shop. So you want to be a house husband? Could never be me. Um, <laughs> you're pushing it. Um, could never be me. I'm not that I'm a, I'm against it for anyone else, but yeah, no. I I always just push myself to 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 do more, to acquire more. Um, like just, I get so much gratification when when I tick off my 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 goals that I've set up myself. Like the other day, I was actually just going through my journal, and I'm like. 80% in, I'd say, with all the things that I'd, I had set myself to do this year. It's just some minor touch-ups on on some of the things that are remaining. But I can confidently say that I am where I would like to be. And, and that, really, that really makes me happy. So, <laughs> we wrap up. We wrap up today's podcast by discussing how to align financial priorities over the long term and and why that is important so firstly you want to clearly communicate your goals to each other the goals that you aim to achieve over a short 
medium and long-term period. Bearing in mind that the objective here is to align and find common ground. It would assist to be, to be very flexible in your approach, I believe, because in, in doing that, you're, you're not letting go of your personal goals. No, you are working as a collective to realize a shared vision. Secondly, goals only materialize if they are realistic and attainable. So next, you should set realistic goals, realistic financial goals. We are currently adopting what we have found. It's called the SMART approach. So S being specific, M being measurable, A for attainable, R for relevant, and T for timely. And finally, it's very important for you to have regular check-ins. This is going to provide the both of you with a sense of control and allow you to track your progress on achieving the goals that were set out by the both of you. Should there be any changes required to the plans that were mapped out, you are able to make the amendments accordingly. And <laughs> that's about it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add just be, before we wrap up, though? Um, definitely. I think to to also add on to what you're saying in terms of like how to align your financial goals if you're religious people yeah um i think it's important to put like for us we're christians and okay. we, we put god first mm -hmm. in our relationship but um even in our finances i think that's incredibly important sure um we go out of our way to kind of give back okay where from where it came from uh -huh. so whether it's i don't know Giving back to a church, tithing every month, um, giving like what we tend to do is that when we're feeling a little bit like financially, you know, boosted that month, we give a little bit extra to parking attendants or waiters if we go out, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's also kind of, that's kind of where you see how the person is um, and how they're able to practice compassion yeah. in finances because that's essentially what's going to build your relationship but yeah i'm just by the way i haven't tithed in forever and it's 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 weighing heavy on me. and that's something that i definitely am always like drilling into you like we should do it because i mean not going into religion very much right now but i think it's it's very important to give back to your creator um, whoever, like whatever you believe in, it's always important to give back and to stay grounded financially. Doesn't have to be to a church. You can no. you can find a family that you assist in. You can find a friend exactly that you can assist as well. Yeah, and I think that also helps you in your relationship for your partner to know that those are the things that you you hold very close to your heart. But to close off, um, <laughs> not to steal your show. <laughs> Please. But, <do> so. <laughs> But thank you very much for having me. I think this is a very insightful conversation. Um, it opens both of us to each other's realities and also just gives, I think, people, your listeners more than anything, a little bit of a glimpse into a more personal side about you and that your finances are not only things about investments and this and that, but it's something that you carry even in like your personal relationships and in your romantic relationship at the moment. So I really appreciate the platform. Thank you for the invite. It's been absolutely lovely having this chat with you. And
and i hope that we can you know are we gonna co-host are we starting a show together <laughs> we can but i mean like you'd have to pay for my time <laughs> yeah <laughs> But thank you very much for having me. Um, it was lovely. And thank you to your listeners. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Please do give us a rating and a review on Apple and Spotify. I absolutely love hearing from you. Please also subscribe and share the podcast. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.